0: Welcome back, Literary Slummers, to another episode of Shelf Aware, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zones. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. This week <laughs> on Shelf Aware, we
1: are continuing our Literary Submitted Unit, which was submitted to us by Slummer. Anna.
0: <laughs> good words. We're on a roll tonight. Two <laughs> to to good session. Talk about
1: mythology books, but not just any mythology books. Modern mythology books. Mm-hmm. What is modern mythology books? It's like you guys get it. It's like mythology and it's in the But it's, day. Today. It's, it's today. It's today now. Times.
0: It's modern.
1: It's today times. Um we were at a book this week that is from the Rick Reardon imprint, which of course. Mm-hmm. Rick Riordan really popped off with the Percy Jackson series, yes, and made modern mythology kind of a thing. Not to say that it wasn't a thing before, because there definitely are books that are modern mythology that predate the Percy Jackson series. But uh, his efforts to make a bunch of kids sort themselves into different <laughs> Greek gods really uh, it does not go unappreciated from mm-hmm. by us here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but we didn't read one of his books because we've no. read his books before. We read And we love them book.
0: and we know that. And we
1: know that. We don't need to explore it again. No. So we decided instead, we said, hey, self and other person other on the podcast, self, <laughs> self and, other and other self, other self. <laughs> what else could we read? Well, we read City of the Plague God by Sarwat Chata. Uh Anna. Yes. What did you think?
0: I like this. I think um, I Rick Riordan has done a really great job of like bringing different mythologies to the forefront. Like everybody knows Greek and Roman mythology, right? Mm. And then I think second most well known is Egyptian, which again Rick Riordan wrote. Um, but he's like bringing a lot of interesting mythology mythos to uh, to publication. And I think the issue with that is I don't know a lot about them. <laughs> So, mm. when I read the story i I felt a little bit of a disconnect, but that's entirely on me. That is not a fault of this book. Um, but I do think like if I had read more about uh, you know, Ishtar and Gilgamesh and stuff like that, then I would be I would have gained a little bit more because the mm. book does not sit there and is like, "This is who everybody is," which I feel you know. like it
1: kind of does. They're like, Ishtar, she's the goddess of love and more, that's
0: yeah, pretty but much it. Yeah, but I guess like, when you read a Percy Jackson, like you have the context of like I'm familiar enough with Greek mythology to know like mm. what you know the relationships. Yeah, the relationships Jackson. and kind of what persona they're going to be sure. given. You know, um, so again, this is entirely on me and my own ignorance that I'm addressing that made me not enjoy this book as much as I could. But it was still really good. Mm. Um, I liked it. I thought it was interesting. Um, like I don't know. The, the, it kind of viewed the gods as like uh, they mentioned this in the book too. Kind of like they're are they gods or are they superheroes or are they just like really strong people? What is? Um, so they're not like you know um, uh, all all om- omnipotent on om- uh, omnipotent I'm omniscient and omnipresent. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're not that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they had a lot of fun personality. So mm-hmm. I don't know. What do mm-hmm. you think?
1: Um. So. I definitely thought this was interesting to read because yeah. it's the first like Rick Riordan presents I've read in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely I see the like I don't I don't want to discredit Sarwat Chada and be like well he's just ripping off Rick Riordan, but I do think that there is like a level of wanting the readers to be comfortable of mm. like That's fair. Yeah, yeah we're kind of we're kind of similar tones, similar beats, sort of thing. Um, that being said, I th- I mean, like, obviously he's not ripping off Rick Riordan. That, you know, like, it's its its own thing. Um, but it does fit into that genre very, very well, I think. And so if you like yes. Percy Jackson, you'll probably like this. And if you don't like Percy Jackson, you probably won't like this because it yeah. is very snar- much...
0: Snarky young teen saves the world with mm-hmm. God powers.
1: And it's very much trying to appeal to the same audience, which, yes. you know, is great because Rick Riordan has a huge audience and absolutely giving... Uh, them diverse authors to read is a wonderful thing um it just to me was a it it wasn't bad it was just interesting to like kind of see the strings in this story you know in that way yeah
0: Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm.
1: I would be interested to read other stuff he's written just kind of to compare and see like how much the tone shifts in that versus his regular writing but overall, I liked it. I thought its main failing was that I did not care about the main character. Mm. And I thought all of the side characters
0: were way more interesting than him. That is kind of the problem, isn't it? With yeah. like a self-insert main character. It's like, mm. I don't really... I want to know more about the the dead brother and his best friend and how they're in a romantic relationship.
1: Yeah, for sure. Or Ishtar,
0: <laughs> who is cool as fuck. Yeah, right? Ishtar was very cool. I want an Ishtar book. I
1: fully want to... Like, new adult-ish book.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, She was kind of, like, I I hate to make this comparison, but they did, like, do a lot of, um, like, flashbacks to World War II at one point, and I was mm -hmm. like, this is, like, the better Wonder Woman. (laughs) (laughs) I also was struck by the flashbacks to World War II just
1: because that is a a thing that comes up a lot, I feel like, in modern mythology books where, like, they kind of try to, they either have to explain where the gods were during various historical points or they have to be like yeah it's the god's fault right like right. that i know and i'm sorry we're we keep bringing up percy jackson but that happens in the percy jackson series where they're basically yeah. like a son of hades di- was probably hitler like hades Damn. kid di- did the holocaust um and that's Ugh uncomfortable in retrospect to be like maybe we shouldn't maybe we shouldn't maybe fictionalize we shouldn't that. Do that yeah um and there is a little bit of that going on here not quite to that extent but that is a thing that I feel like comes up a lot because that is like the big question right uh, that and as you mentioned the religious thing mm-hmm. like having to justify if you are not like fully atheist or the character is not fully mm-hmm. atheist to have them be like No, of course these aren't, like,
0: capital G gods. There's only one of those, you know. Which our main character does say it several times. He's like, you're not the god I believe in or something. Because he's Muslim. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because he's Muslim. Which is, uh, I, you know, I like that in the sense of, like, another thing that struck me reading this was just... um, I could not imagine reading this book growing up because of the, like, stances it takes on... The U.S. involvement in Mm, mm -hmm. Iraq and Afghanistan and everywhere in the Middle East and just kind of what the general like I don't think this book could have gotten published in, you know, the early 2000s. Oh, gosh. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, great that it is here now. But that did kind of strike me as just like, man, different generation of kids because this was
0: not the sort of this would not be allowed. Like, yeah absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. It would be very much like there's a lot of conversation about like one of the characters is trying to become an actor and how he's mm-hmm. always booking these roles to be the villains and he's never the hero and I think that is very much a uh, post 9-11 yeah. uh, mm-hmm.
1: vibe. It it wasn't an extreme take right like it wasn't like yeah I know super anti-U.S. or anything even where some of these characters might have no. had the right to have it's that It's just opinion. like but was, there are
0: refugees and like yes. homes are destroyed.
1: Yeah, and there was war happening in Iraq. and Yeah, Afghanistan it's never and, like down with the U.S. Yeah, but I still Peach Bush. But like I still could not imagine this being published
0: when I was growing up. Right. Same. Same. Wild. Uh yeah, yeah. That huh. <laughs> early early aughts was a weird time to mm-hmm, be alive mm-hmm. and growing up in. That is for sure. Yeah um so having said all that would you would you recommend this book uh to young readers today yeah sure i mean Absolutely. i think it's it's a There's great no viewpoint to, to have the yeah.
1: character i mean like like i said i didn't like him that much just because you know i generally find middle school boys kind of uninteresting but i'm an mm-hmm. adult woman and smelly so, like, and smelly and just you know <laughs> um but I think that uh, if you are a middle school kid then, you know, it's got all of the beats that middle school kids oh, yeah. tend to like. If you're an adult, maybe like a teacher or librarian looking to read stuff to suggest to middle school kids, I think there was enough stuff that was entertaining from the other characters to kinda of, to, to keep me interested. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. bored at any point. How about you? Would you
0: yeah, add yeah. anything? No, I think I yeah I think that about sums it up. Like it's just a it's a good fun little book. Um, mm-hmm. and there's I I think at least one sequel. I don't know how many are planned for this series, but mm-hmm. I'm I would not hesitate to recommend um, anything either by Rick Riordan or from his imprint. Like I think, uh, he is he does if you if you are like I need I need a uh you know middle grade young adult author to stand um because of current events um <laughs> Rick Riordan, I think is a pretty safe bet. I think he's a really cool guy. Um and all of his books kind of reflect uh the values that he holds so and and the ones in the, the imprints I mean to say like he's just purposefully picking stories that don't often get told so.
1: Yeah and I think that he also uh is perhaps more standable, although maybe just don't stand in general. But yeah, um, yeah.
0: I mean, like, you know, <laughs> he is still a probably wealthy white man. So, like, yes. take it with and a grain of salt. The <laughs> thing I was going to say is that he has been
1: called out for. Um, making some mistakes in regards to certain portrayals. I know, like, uh, there's been some pushback about the Native American character in his mm-hmm. uh, second series, and I think people have brought up the Holocaust of it all. He has uh, taken accountability for things like that in the past. So, and that's great. And also, uh, yeah, read it not just because it's Rick Reardon, but because, you know, it is an easy way to find diverse authors at this point. Yeah, Absolutely. there's some really cool ones in there. There's some that I've read, like Rebecca Roanhorse is in the Rick Riordan imprint, and I've read her adult Mm -hmm. book. She's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so there's like all sorts of of cool authors in there. Be purposeful in your reading. Yeah, if you want to um, get into some modern Mm -hmm. mythology stuff or share with a kid that likes mythology. There you go.
0: So what else have you been reading, what, Anna? Anything, been anything to reading. do with mythology? No. Um, thanks for stealing that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I didn't read anything to do with mythology. Um, I did read just today, though. I read this like kind of fucked up short story Ooh. Um, by Tamson Muir um, mm. called Undercover. It's on Kindle Unlimited. I will literally read anything this person writes. Um, but it is a short story. I don't want to talk much about it because I mm-hmm. think part of it is kind of the discovery of it all. But a a woman has been hired to act as a bodyguard for a undead entity, we'll say, mm. um, that is in that is being... Um, uh, well, she, she's, like, being held by a mob boss. And also the main character is an undercover cop. And I think that's all I will say about it for right now. It was really good. It's part of, like... Um, some sort of series of Amazon original stories um, where they all have kind of like a horror bent to them. And I don't know if they're all about like undead, but uh, this one was. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like obsessed with Gideon the Ninth and the Lock Tomb series right now. So this was just kind of like more of that to me. And it was very good. Um, mm-hmm. And some little twists and turns in the story. It's only like 60 pages, but it was very good. Um, but, yeah, that's what I read. That's What was what I'm the name of the it? Table. Undercover by okay. Tamsin Muir. Mew. What about you? What's going well, on? Well, I have bad
1: news about the diversity of authors we're recommending this week because it is uh, a <laughs> very <laughs> narrow field.
0: <laughs> Yay, cuz <'cause laughs>
1: the only thing I've been reading recently has been the third book in the Locked oh, Team series so by Tamsin Muir, Muir so which is uh Nona the Ninth. Um mm-hmm. I got back into it a couple months ago when you started getting into it. Um and I had the audiobook on hold and I got tired of waiting, so I just bought it. And those audiobooks, the audiobooks are bomb, dude. Oh my
0: God, they're so good. Moira Quick is the narrator. And I like, I'm a person who cannot really pay attention to audiobooks often because I just, my Mm. mind wanders. Um, But these are so captivating. Like, oh, they're so good. The story, both the story and the narrator, and just, I don't know.
1: If I'm doing an audiobook, typically it's like Mm. while I'm doing other stuff and something like light that I can. Just kind of sort of listen to. Mm-hmm. But with these, I literally, because I can't not be doing something else with my hands, I literally <laughs> listen to them and just play solitaire on my phone like yeah. for hours. It's. Kind of, <laughs> it's kind of bad actually, but you, you know, it's a great audiobook.
0: <laughs> they're long audiobooks too, because I mean, they're long books, but yeah. they go by so quickly. It feels like, anyway, I can't recommend that series enough.
1: that's very good, it's very good, and I need to know what the fuck is going on. Um, <laughs> you might still not at the end of reading None of the Ninth. <laughs> I'm so concerned because I will be without a sequel for this since I, I know, know, and
0: she's like, I don't think the next book's coming out in 2023, and I just want to cry. I know, Damn, bad time to get into in. the series.
1: Yep. <laughs> uh. Well, all let's right. get into this series. Yeah, and this let's book talk about specifically.
0: City of the Plague. God. All right, another chunky one. Lots of notes for me. Mm. So let's get right into it. Um. So we have our main character, thirteen-year-old Sikander Sik. I think Sik Az- Aziz is what he goes by. I tried to look up the pronunciations of all of, of the names. Bellet? Yeah, Bellet is is it Bellet? It's Bellet and I think it's a made up name. I don't okay. think it, I
1: I've looked for any I googled
0: it so much. Uh huh. Like, it's, it's like
1: a last name, but the only places I can find it are in reference to this book. like as a first name is in oh. reference to this book yeah. like people have it as a last name so i don't know i don't know so if mm-hmm. that if your name is bellet sorry we you need to have a bigger internet presence because yeah, so far you the only need to one make you. a youtube
0: video to help me yeah pre- no that's not on you um <laughs> <laughs> um so we have yes our main character sick he's 13 he helps his parents out at their deli in new york city because all of these books take place in new york city mm-hmm. um it's a in place um he helps out at his de- at this deli called Mo's. It's named after his older brother Mo, which is short for Mohammed. Um, and Mo went abroad to Iraq to help build, uh, or sorry, help rebuild after all of you know the whole war, the there. whole thing, yeah, the whole thing, all of it. the whole conflict of the, the Middle whole East. Thing. Yes. And yes. his parents are
1: refugees
0: from yes. Iraq,
1: and mm-hmm. Mo was born there, but like left when he was six, I think, very
0: young. Yes, yes.
1: whereas uh, Sick has never been there he's
0: never been yeah uh you know it's got that good got that good old diaspora Mm -hmm. um but mo unfortunately has passed away two or three years ago in a motorcycle accident um which i don't know if it said but i think probably happened in iraq and not i fully missed that it was
1: a motorcycle accident
0: uh i don't know if he was on the motorcycle or the motorcycle hit him while he was walking a motorcycle was a motorcycle he was he turned into a motorcycle mm-hmm. and couldn't come out of the form couldn't control it he spent 2 hours as a motorcycle and he was a motorcycle forever yeah it's very sad
1: um i believe it was in iraq because of the thing about like the last shipment from him mm-hmm. and like that he didn't know that would you know be like the last thing he got from oh him. that makes sense yeah so that kind of it. implies that he was not he did not come
0: home you know yes very tragic um very. he was very like very much the kind of golden child of the family or at least in six eyes because his brother was so much older he was doing more things and had more <laughs> things to like be praised for um but in sick feels like this um uh kind of like indebted to now be near his family and help his family and kind of focus more on them than on himself, which maybe may come up in later books. I don't know. We don't get too much of that in this one. Um, Mo's friend, Dawood, lives with the family and he helps at the deli. He's trying to become an actor. Um, and we learn later on that Dawood made Mo a promise that he would watch over sick and help the family out if Mm -hmm. something ever happened to Mo. So that's, that's why he's around sick is kind of always like, I don't know. I don't know what the, he's like moved into my brother's bedroom. Who is this guy? (laughs) He's so (laughs) annoying. All he does is like, look at his reflection and take calls from his agent. Because Um, Dawood is so hot. He is the hottest, uh, according to this book. <laughs> yes. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one night, Dawood and Sik are closing up the deli, and Sik hears some voices in the alley, and he goes to investigate. There are just two demons back there eating trash. Uh, one one you looks know, like. as we demons do. do. Yeah. One looks like a toad. The other looks like a rat. Um, And they have names. I think I wrote further in my notes, so we'll get there when we get there. Uh, (laughs) But they're talking about these demons are discussing how they need the boy, presumably sick, um, and can do whatever they please with the rest of the family. Because the family lives above the deli. That's the other thing. The deli's downstairs. They live upstairs. That's why the demons are there. Um, There's a little bit of a scuffle where sick like tries to go and attack them with a walk uh, and then traps them in the dumpster. Oh, here. The demon's names are Sedana and Ediptu, And for some reason, like, Sick is well-known by them. Uh, And maybe by the larger demon population. Um, He's not really sure at this point. He thinks it's weird. Uh, These things look freaky. He doesn't understand what's going on. They escape the dumpster. And then also this third demon guy appears. He just, like, he forms from a swarm of insects. And the three of these demons kind of ransack the deli. And they are looking for something. Um... But they and I have very bad news about this
1: demon's voice in the audiobook. Oh no, What is it hot it's or is it very bad? hot? You,
0: oh, no. <laughs> it, was, it was
1: very, you know, like Ferngolly, the who's uh-huh. monster voice by Tim Curry. Oh no. It was
0: like that kind of vibe.
1: <laughs> and I was like, you are not doing much to not get me on this demon's side. Let me tell you. You know we
0: love a death god.
1: We love a death god.
0: <laughs> uh but anything that the swarm of insects man touches kind of starts to decay and rot so like obviously the food starts going bad but then like wooden chairs start falling apart or like the stainless steel has rust on it now or whatever so they destroy the deli um and they're about to attack sick and be like tell us where the thing is that we're looking for but this girl shows up and she kicks some demon butt they all leave and the girl's like job well done and pieces out afterwards
1: you know, this is
0: actually very similar
1: to the setup for Lore, in that both of these books are essentially about a big mean guy trying mm. to pester the main character for the location of an object. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Do we think that's that's common to modern mythology? Yeah. Is that
0: part of the trope? I don't Should know. Should we find the third a third book? Like a that? third
1: book about pestering a guy for an item
0: for a thing <laughs> that he. He doesn't know.
1: Claims he doesn't know where it is or literally doesn't know where it is. Literally
0: has no idea. Doesn't even know there is a thing. (laughs) So the next day, six parents send him to school despite, you know, the deli being absolutely destroyed. And he's Mm -hmm. covered in these gross bug bites because of that. The insect guy, they just, the bugs attacked him. But he's otherwise unharmed. So they're like, go to school. Um, At school, there is a new girl there named Bellet. And she's arguing with their history professor. And Sick laughs at a joke that she tells. And the professor, it's not a professor, it's just a teacher when you're in this kind of level of school. Sorry. Arguing with a history teacher. So, yeah, Sick laughs at a joke that she tells. It's basically like history teachers, dumb dumb. Uh, and the two of them have to go to the principal's office. They neither of them make it there. Um, first, they run into like some very racist bullies. And Bellet mm-hmm. beats the shit out of them. And then Sick is like, oh my God, you're the girl from the deli last night. Because you like, did cool ballet ninja you, moves. Yeah, I recognize that high kick anywhere.
1: And she's like, "What? What was that martial art you learned, or you did kung fu?" And she's like, "No, it was ballet." And I'm like, "Okay, this is a lot, actually."
0: The- <laughs> did you not like the um, ballet representation? <laughs> um, I don't
1: know that even the most hardcore ballerina would be able to to uh, transfer that into. Martial art, <laughs> just due to the kind of not fighting nature of ballet mm. I could be wrong um maybe you just didn't study long enough <laughs> maybe that was it yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I also was very much getting um like lego movie uh Any other property in which there is a goofy boy who is Uh, the main character and a much hotter, more competent woman. Not necessarily hotter in this case because she's 13, but, like, more competent, certainly. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I feel like our comps for this are, like, if the Lego movie met Deadpool.
1: (laughs) Mm, yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: but um yeah, so she she's like, Yeah, hey, that's me. Um and Sick tries to like question her, but Bellet's mom calls and she's like, I'm gonna come pick you up and her mom shows up and she's and uh Sick is still there hanging out around Bellet uh, Bellet and um Bellet's mom is like, Hi, my name is Ishtar and Sick's like, Wow, like the goddess? And she's like, Yeah, just like that. He's like, can you two tell me what's been going on? Why was my deli attacked and destroyed? Like, the, our livelihood, man, has been destroyed. And sh- and Ishtar's like, I can tell you some things, but not here. So, and Sick Bellet has also referred to the demon dude as her uncle at this point. Yes. And
1: Sick is like, well, what? He's your uncle? And she's like, well, by marriage and yeah. adoption. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I don't think we actually know she's adopted. this <laughs> month, But you know, we'll
0: get there um sick does the very smart thing of getting into the back of a car with a stranger and going to mm-hmm. their home mm-hmm. uh but it's okay because this home is a very fancy townhouse on the upper east side so you know nothing yes. bad could happen
1: nothing bad happens to <laughs> young to children rich, at rich
0: people's houses <laughs> never never historically that's totally fine <laughs> so safe um we Learned some fun things at Ishtar, like she works as a matchmaker. She has a whole bunch of cats. Cats seem to love her. Um, And she also owns a lot of artwork of someone that just happens to look exactly like her throughout the centuries. Interesting. (laughs) What could it all mean? Um, (laughs) Bella is tasked with giving Sik a tour of the home, but he gets lost and ends up in a weapons room. And he's kind of drawn towards this sword. uh, And he goes to pick it up and the sword starts talking to him. And the cat's who have followed sick into this room become more hostile the longer that sick holds the weapon uh but then Bella walks in just in time she takes the sword from him the cats calm down and she's like this is my magic sword called kasusu um and it talks because all great weapons have voices this obviously was the first sword it can take any form of sword that you would like. And it was even once King Arthur's Excalibur. So that's pretty cool. With all of
1: this, like, because they do this a couple times of having, like, Ishtar be like, oh, yeah, I was hanging out with Helen of Troy and, like, mm-hmm. King Arthur and all this other stuff and whatever. And I would really like to read all of the Rick Reardon imprints and see if they, like, work as being in the same universe. I know some of them are, like, that, sci-fi. Yes. But, like, all of the ones that are modern day. In New York wanna, City. Yeah, I want to see if they, like like map yes. onto each other and like
0: I also if, need
1: to know this like what was Percy t-
0: Jackson doing when a plague overtook New York City right well he was I think he was probably technic- upstate <laughs>
1: yeah or possibly on the east coast or west coast because that's where the roman camp is oh that's right yeah 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 Yeah, so you got Um, we got to look at the timeline right we have to check the timeline here and see how they compare i'm sure actually someone else has already done this but i bet (laughs) Um, but like i wonder if at some point they had to sit down and have like a discussion of like oh can i say in this book that like Ishtar caused the Holocaust and they had to be like no 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 Rick no, already no, said he was a, that kid covered. Of, a kid of Hades who did that one
0: other <laughs> underworld god yeah like, like okay I guess we'll just have her cause the Spanish flu then that's <laughs> fine yeah <laughs> Um, there were kind of like a few tongue in cheek mentions of like ooh your sword is really inconvenient wish it could shrink down to like the size of a pen or something that would be really cool and just some yeah. little some Percy little Percy Jackson nods. fans, no. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is I guess Belli- that
1: context, was this, like, a dig at Riptide being like, fuck you, your sword can't talk.
0: Your sword <laughs> can't talk. Mine's better.
1: Mine's better. Uh, All the good swords talk, actually.
0: Actually, yeah. If if Riptide were an actual sword, it would talk, and its name <laughs> would be Kasusu, actually. um. <laughs> Ishtar and Bellet then begin explaining things to Sikh and his his name, Sikander, is Arabic for Alexander, which means defender of the world. So Ishtar kind of is like, you gotta you gotta help us out, man. You're the defender of the world. I and have she's bad like, news about the voice of ishtar oh is it bad no is it's it hot oh, okay <laughs> why was that bad news i don't know i just wanted to keep the same
1: formulation <laughs> yeah. as the last one
0: <laughs> um ishtar's like oh also by the way i'm the goddess of love and war and Bellet's like i'm adopted <laughs> please make no mistake i am adopted um bella tells sick that a few gods survived when mesopotamia was destroyed ishtar ishtar's sister uh, Arish... Arish... Kagal, Arishkagal. Kagal, Yeah. Kagal. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So, we have Ishtar, Arishkagal, which is Ishtar's older sister, and her husband, Kagal's husband, Ner- Nurgle, who is the god of plagues, and he's the I one. I mean, like... Nurgle. I know.
1: I know. It's <laughs> like... It, it, their names are in, like, ancient Mesopotamian. Yes. But, like, someone, someone back in Mesopotamia should have been, like, Guys, this name
0: actually sounds silly. <laughs> <laughs> this one might make teenagers in the year twenty twenty three giggle. I don't know. Or adult women. Or adults. <laughs> it's
1: just like mm, the It's very th- like Urkel. I was gonna say like normal.
0: Nermal, Nermal you know? or just Urkel, these, yeah.
1: It's one of those things, right, where there's like um what is that that the boobo test? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it's a like, it round and soft. It's or round, pointy. it's a boobo and if it's pointy it's Kiki. Yeah. Um we're like just that, like A Nurgle that sounds like something goofy and like uncool you know yeah
0: yeah (laughs) but he's the god of plague so you know. Maybe a And also bit war, cool. question mark? Also maybe war, yeah. yeah. Some kind of, some form of war.
1: The, what I'm gathering from this, like, I have not super gotten into Mes- Mesopotamian mythology. Like, I knew Ishtar, and I kind of know Gilgamesh a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, Nurgle didn't know about him, you know, couldn't have yeah. picked him out of a lineup. But... The main vibe I'm getting from this is that they're like oh, way less concerned about like strict rules in terms of what they're in charge of compared to the Greeks. Oh, that's kind of nice. I mean, a yeah, because they got they got like well, I said that, but then Greeks also had double war, didn't they? Everybody's just horny for war is the thing. Like, we war gotta, is so important to them. We got to have multiple war gods. Yeah, is they the have thing. to share the responsibility.
0: It's a lot for one god to bear the burden of. You know, like all war shit.
1: I'm wondering if that's like a like i would have to look at more pantheons to decide but if that if there's something
0: about like is there always double war just like there's is, always double Mulan? or
1: i was gonna say places that have more um conquests, like empires if they mm. have like an increase in war gods mm-hmm. um from like having been at war with like other people and taking them into you know like I don't know. I feel like there's something there about, like, you could compare the number of war gods to how important war was with various civilizations. Yeah, but That definitely
0: sounds like a college paper. Yeah. I should go back to college. You should go back to school. <laughs> get your master's in mythology. I'd have to get my bachelor's first. Get your bachelor's in mythology. <laughs> um, so, um obviously like sick is like this is all bullshit i don't believe you i'm muslim i believe in one god um and ishtar is like just gaze into my soul little boy and he makes eye contact with her and she kind of like overwhelms him with memories of her life so he sees her at like the battle of Troy, and he sees her during world war ii um and this kind of gets known like whenever a, a god in this book or any like Uh, god affiliated creatures shows their godliness they call it a god surge Mm -hmm. Um, so she's like sorry I surged all over your brain Um, and Ishtar's like okay so now that you know I'm not lying will you help me fight Nurgle and Six like no no i will not
1: <laughs> no i'm a child i am a
0: child uh your family like this is your family's problem but your family also destroyed my family's business and this just like i'm so sorry about that can i offer you like two million dollars to repair your deli and sick it was like no actually <laughs> Which, I, yeah. foolish just take foolish it. just take the money um Bellet also is trying to trying to tell him like, hey, you, what was Nurgle looking for? You need to you need to find something like Mo brought something home from Iraq, and he, he like he made – it's more along the lines of like he stole something from a rock which gets mm-hmm. sick very angry he's like mo would never steal anything like that and he never like sent anything to us except for the cuttings of plants because mo was big into gardening we find out later that mo and daoud are like really big into creating perfumes and fragrances and stuff so like he was really big into gardening and he would send clippings home for sick to transplant to the little community garden they have um so he's like I no i feel that this probably wouldn't work with customs I don't think you can just take a plant from another country and plant it in the U.S. I don't don't know if you're allowed to do that and also
1: like not to be a fuddy-duddy but like it's not really a great idea Because of like
0: invasive species. What if it's invasive species? Yeah, exactly.
1: I don't know. I guess I'm just no fun and won't let people plant plants willy nilly.
0: I had another like kind of big question too about the legality of something, and I'll get to Mm. it when we get to it, but I was like, I just don't think this would be a thing they would say and do, but okay. (laughs) So, um,. Sick leaves all angry about it. But then when he gets home, his parents are being put into an ambulance and he's like, what's happening here? And they're like, they have some terrible disease and they're in comas. We need to take them to the hospital and do tests. And you need to come too because you were exposed also to this disease. You need to go to the hospital so we can test you. No one knows what's wrong. But they take Sick to the hospital and they do every kind of test they can think of on him. He's perfectly healthy. They don't understand why his parents are sick and sick is healthy. Um, but they're like, you need to stay in the hospital for the next like 48 hours so we can monitor you and make sure that you're not going to spread any diseases. But then like a few hours later, Bella and Ishtar show up to the hospital and they're like, yo, Nurgle is behind all this. Uh, he he gave your parents a plague. They're still alive so that they can bargain with you. But um, you need to come with us to fight Nurgle so we can heal your parents. And this time sick is like... All right, I guess. I got for, it for my pops, for my yeah, for my and parents. Mom. I don't want to be an orphan, so like, let's let's do this, I guess. And um, the two of them sneak him out of the hospital. Uh so the next day Sick wakes up in in the townhouse and Daud is also there somehow like he apparently tried to go to the hospital to see Sick's parents uh but Bella and Ishtar were like no come with us instead. So Daud is now also at a stranger's townhouse townhouse just like living there. Um he tells Sick like your parents are stable no one knows what's wrong um but you know just hang tight we're going to we're going to monitor the situation I guess. Um one of the main reasons that Dawood was convinced to go with Ishtar and Bella is that Ishtar has a bunch of connections with famous people in Hollywood and in like the New York fashion scene and stuff. And she's like, I'm going to introduce you to some people and further your career. Um, everyone else is like why why are you doing this? why are you doing this This (laughs) we don't have time we have to defeat Nurgle and she's like hush 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 hush. I know what I'm doing
1: I have a plan
0: yeah it's like it is like the weirdest like it's a weird plan I'm not I don't even know if it did work yeah like I don't know surely Nurgle would have well whatever I don't we'll get there but we'll get there when we get there (laughs) (laughs) it is questionable at best um, Ishtar tells Sick that the way to save his parents and get rid of the demons is you got we gotta find Nurgle and just kill him. Um, because there are a lot of ways to kill gods. Either like another god can kill him or a super awesome weapon like Kasusu, the talking sword, can kill a god, or like if they lose enough followers, a god can die. Because they're not it, it's hard to say. Like they're not like again, like these all powerful immortal I mean they're immortal, but like they're killable. They're
1: I mean like this is generally the opinion of gods pre uh like Christianity anyway, mm. is that A there's multiple gods and therefore obviously they're not like omniscient, omnipotent. Yeah. Because then they would be like creeping on each other and they wouldn't be able to get into <laughs> They wouldn't be scuffles. able to have all those affairs. <laughs> yeah. So like obviously they don't know everything. Yeah. Um and certainly at you know, Mesopotamia times that would have been i mean like there's a lot of instances of gods getting killed in various mythologies Mm. like i know norse has um the one that gets like shot through the heart with like holly or whatever Mm, and there's um egyptian osiris gets all like chucked up into pieces Damn. Um, so i mean he kind of gets better but he's like a zombie after that like Mm. he's just like a dead dude who's chilling in the underworld and his wife Mm. is like dang sucks um Anyway, point being, you can kill gods. That's fine. Yeah, it's only it's, it's, it's only now it's, when like God is this like concept of this one big thing that everyone's yes. like. Yes. Clearly, I mean, fucking Christianity. You can kill a god because Jesus dies. Jesus died, but then he was reborn. Yeah, and also he was technically it, a, a man at that time. Yes.
0: But anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyway, religion, man. It's religion cougie. It sure is. Um, Ishtar says, like, if we kill Nurgle this time, he's gonna face utter annihilation because he has escaped from the Netherworld too many times. And the Netherworld, I could also could not find a pronunciation for this because the the term they use in the books for it is not like consistent. Like, there's a bunch of names for the Netherworld. Say it one time, and I'll see if Carnegie, Carnegie, Carnegie. Cur- Cur- I think Carnegie.
1: Yeah. Okay. So
0: we're gonna go with Carnegie. Um. But, I, yeah, I was, like, kind of looking online for a pronunciation for this as well. But it seems like the Netherworld has many different names. And Carnoogie was not one that was, like, mm. used often. So, I don't know if that was just, like, added flair for the book or if there's just something that my research did not find. IDK. So, apologies. Um, uh, yeah. So, he he's escaped from the Netherworld too many times, which I thought was funny because, like, he and his wife... Orishkagal are supposed to be like the leaders of the Netherworld. So, like, can he just can't can't homie just leave whenever he wants? Can he just go out for some errands and c- then go home? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't
1: think <laughs> of that. But you're right. And that is kind shouldn't of he like, be allowed? Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe there it, has to be stakes. I guess I feel like that kind of gets into the like justifying monotheism of it all of being mm. like well there's still something that's keeping all this in order right right um, right. but yeah like within the world of this book it does seem like maybe a quick line aside would have been like I don't know the council of gods decided that he was being a he's shit, naughty, too naughty we much. put him in yeah. a prison cell
0: yeah right yeah he's under house arrest well, but I just mean, like, like Hades
1: He's supposed to be, like, facing oblivion or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: An ultimate ending. Yeah.
1: It's like, oh, we kept putting him under house arrest, but he kept getting out. <laughs> guess we gotta destroy him.
0: Guess guess he can never exist again. Cool. Um <laughs> We also get a mention of Gilgamesh here, um, which is a character that is talked about many times in kind of smaller ways. Like, Sik and his brother loved the stories of Gilgamesh growing up, and they would often play-act them when they were younger. Um, but the reference we get here that, like, Ishtar seems to have some small beef with Gilgamesh of some kind. Um, she, you know, she says, oh, he, he killed my heavenly bull. Um, later Kasusu tells us something about how like, uh, Gilgamesh maybe rejected Ishtar's romantic advances. Um, right now it's kind of a mystery of what the deal is between Ishtar and Gilgamesh. She gets explained a little bit later. Um, but they think that they, the two of them don't get along. Um, and then Ishtar leaves with Daoud to meet some stylists and get photos taken and Bella and Sick are like, hello, hello. <laughs> We've got a bigger problem right now. besides Daud's career, we have to find Nurgle. So they go and track him down on their own. Um, Sick takes Bellet to an area of Queens known as Little Egypt... Where we learn here how everyone is like blaming Sick's family for introducing a new virus to New York City, and Sick is wanted by authorities for leaving the hospital. But here's the thing: so they like they 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 watch this news broadcast, and it's like the people we Plague believe boy. to have introduced the plagues are is this family, and this is their address, and this is where they live. And I'm just like, would 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 the news be allowed to be to, like dox these people yeah. like?
1: I mean, I think <laughs> I'm trying to think cuz I feel like address yes, I think that they could do that if they cuz there've been like people have shown up outside of like news reports outside of like suspects house houses has happened, okay. right? So I feel like that, but I think the bigger thing is like, how did they get that information in the first place? Isn't that a mm. HIPAA violation for someone to have given that out, like from the hospital? Right. I feel like the news reporter is like, okay, whatever you dox. Yeah, people. I'm just gonna That's, tell everyone what
0: the news is. But yeah. it just felt really like, this is it so felt much.
1: Very overblown. Yeah. Like. Of everybody being like, plague boy, it's the plague boy. It's a plague boy.
0: And then, of course, like his family, like the deli gets vandalized um, mm -hmm. because people decide to be real racist about it all. Um, It's just, I'm just like, this seems very unethical.
1: (laughs) I mean, there's definitely like some sort of parallel to be, you know, made, especially. And this was interesting, too, reading kind of the foreword and post Mm -hmm. um, where both Rick Reardon and and, uh, Sarwat Chata talk about, like, he wasn't writing this in 2020, he right. was writing this in 2018, and then it was getting published in 2020, mm-hmm. and it became- and then they put
0: it off a little bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it became like, oh, weird. And it, there was one line that I was like, this is interesting, where they say like, we've barely recovered from the last plague, and I'm like, is that a re, because they were kind of talking Did about the Spanish flu. Did they just throw flu. that in? Right, I was like, they were kind of yeah. talking about the Spanish flu, so I'm like, was that a reference to the Spanish flu? Which like, I feel like we had pretty much recovered from the Spanish flu, to be honest. Um. <laughs> Or was that, like, a reference to COVID? Like, I'm not sure. It was interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Because, like, I think the person saying it was one of those immortal ones, maybe. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I'm like, did, did the, like... Did
0: they go back and make edits to make it more? Yeah,
1: because, like, there are parallels that could be driven here about, like, the way that we treat plagues and how we try to tie them to foreign, like, foreign things in order to, like, make it... Uh, seem like an attack something we can fight right right? because we did that with both the Spanish flu and obviously with COVID um, and that happens a lot with different diseases that we tie them to a specific nationality like Mm -hmm. Ebola you know was oh Africa for uh, so long which is like a whole continent yeah um so, I mean, like, people still talk about, like, malaria and stuff and act like you can only get that in Africa, or uh West Nile virus. Like, mm-hmm. people still talk about, like, West Nile virus, which, like, again, like, yeah, it originates on the West Nile, but it's, like, there are cases of West Nile virus near where I live because of the mosquitoes and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, a, like, I, I get what they're trying to do, but when you tie that to one person instead of, like, a nationality then it becomes like kind of silly um Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm.
1: so yeah that this whole part i was kind of like and this isn't really hitting for me i get what you're trying to do but it's not really working
0: yeah because it was like they blamed the the news was like these are the patient zeros this is where they they gave us the plague and i'm like well you're not going to investigate where that came from like you're just going to say these people just spontaneously had a plague
1: i mean like (laughs) i feel like it could have been really easy to you know be like Oh, like interview someone about the community garden and they have brought these, cuttings they brought these from flowers over. Country, yeah. Right? Like, oh, clearly it's tied to that. And then that could have even been the reason why the community garden got destroyed. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, spoiler. Spoiler is the community garden is destroyed. <laughs> but it, it's for a completely different reason. You yeah. Know? So I'm just like, I don't know. I don't think this quite lands.
0: Yeah, I agree. I thought, I i mean, I know we talked about how we enjoy this book, but I, I just, I, I think the pacing of it was a little bit off for me at some points mm. where I felt like maybe this could have been two books. Like it felt like there was mm. just so, as, as I was like going back and rewriting my notes for this, I was like, there's so much that happens in this book. And I feel like kind of, again, not to compare this to Percy Jackson, but it just like kind of some of these beats hit in a way that I was like, this could have just been a whole... Percy Jackson book where they're in the underworld. You know, like that was a whole yeah. That was the split I was thinking of too. But I think that would be kind of
1: a downer ending for the first book to end with Mm. him basically going to the underworld and feeling trapped there, right? Versus Or I was thinking
0: it could end at the Nurgle ishtar battle and then i mean again oh, yeah, it would be but a that's bummer that's still kind of but a downer right yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but it I would make you really excited to read the next ones
1: it's it is interesting because the original percy jackson series i believe is significantly shorter than most of the imprints are these days yeah like, yeah i feel like series, middle grade
0: books are all longer yeah, now which really is really chunky which, yeah which you I know give like, kids credit they can read yeah
1: but I feel like, I mean, like, Animorphs are short and so good. Yeah. And, like, Warrior Cats Warrior are Warrior Cats are so
0: long. <laughs> um, <and I'm laughs> so not many chores.
1: Good, but, yeah, I feel like there is kind of this tendency to give kids these really chunky books. And that might be kind of off-putting for some kids. I feel like we need a better mix of, like, yes. the short, like, quick adventures that you can get through and not feel bogged down by. And then these longer books mm-hmm. for kids who want to read longer stuff, yeah. you know?
0: I think there's been a lot of really interesting discourse, too, about, like, yeah, if we if we have more of a mix of that, then maybe the transition from middle grade to YA fiction mm. won't be as stark and different, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of YA is being written for a non-YA audience anymore. Yes, um, this is true. Anyway, that's a whole thing. We can talk about that on our Patreon episode of the week, our behind-the-scenes yeah. episode, but of course. Um, <laughs> we do not have time right now. I still have, like, five <laughs> more pages of notes. God. Um <laughs> Okay, so food th- version. <laughs> they go to little Egypt. We uh, they and sick is like, let's go to this food kitchen. We're gonna serve food to a girl named Ada, who she's an unhoused girl who has a lot of information about weird events that happen in the city. Um, and so they kind of they 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 bring her some food and they're they're chatting with her and they're like, hey, we really need to know like if you know anything that's been going on. And she tells them about the shipping container that arrived in Gravesend, which I think is a dock in New York City somewhere, uh, it's recently arrived, but everyone, like, it was filled with refugees, but unfortunately, when they opened it up, everybody inside was dead, so they were like, ah, that must be how Nurgle got here from the Middle East, so, Sick and Bellet go to the stock area, and they find the cargo crate, or the shipping container, whatever you want to call it, and inside, they discover that someone, probably Nurgle, has written in cuneiform on all of the walls of the shipping container, Gilgamesh lied. Like what? What's his beef with Gilgamesh? What could Gilgamesh have lied about? Gilgamesh has been dead for thousands of years, right? Um, But as they're investigating, a couple of dock workers show up and um, these dock workers have been turned into minions of Nurgle. So they've basically been like infested with bugs and they do his bidding. And I think later, like we see a more extreme version of this later where um, Nurgle basically turns people into what he calls plague dogs or poxies, I think is another word they use for this. I think.
1: The plague dogs are one thing and the poxies are another thing. Okay.
0: So maybe poxies are what these dog workers are. I don't know. Maybe. I was
1: I think poxies are tied to this specific plague mm. and plague dogs are, I
0: don't know. I don't know. Well don't know. He, There's he just he, a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. He turns people into dogs distorted like dogs. Yeah. Yeah. But that like we're
1: people. That were people. Yeah.
0: Anyway. But these these guys are just regular people, but they've got like maggots in their body. Mm-hmm. Um and they do a fight. And um, while, you know, Sick kind of like jumps in front of like Bellet when she's about to get hit by this big metal chain thing and Sick takes that hit and it should have killed him. But he pops back up alive and everyone is surprised. He's like got some bruises, but he's healing very quickly. It's odd. Um, But Sick is kind of like, I don't have time to think about this. (laughs) Also, I believe Bellet fully kills a man. Yes, Bill, Bellet's kind of got quite the body count in this book.
1: Yeah, and it's like, wow, that's... I mean, like, these are all people that, like, yeah. have a disease.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I- Sick has to stop her later in the book and be like, no, that that's my neighbor. Like, you cannot kill like you this plague dog that is my neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. Bellet hungers for blood. Bellet knows one thing and one thing only, and it is war in the style of ballet
1: yeah she was like well my mom's the god of goddess of love and war and i'm not in i choose i'll be going with war
0: Uh, okay so that that, that's moving on from that scene the next morning bellet wakes up sick and they're like let's do some combat training because you don't know how to do anything in a fight so the talking sword, Kasusu, he tries to teach Sick how to fight by, like, he's, like, shouting instructions of what to do with the sword. He's, like, attack one of these cats. And Sick is, like, I'm not going to attack a cat <laughs> with a sword. Uh, and then the cat becomes really big and beats up Sik. Uh, it seems like the cats are more than they appear at first. Interesting. Um, so we get that. And then there's also a scene where Sick like wants to sneak into the hospital to visit his parents and Daud agrees to help him by by using his acting skills basically Dawood goes and looks really pretty at one of the male nurses there and the male nurse is distracted and si- can sneak into the hospital to see his Which, parents. Which like,
1: I appreciate that he's trying to, like Dawood also has a line about either Ishtar, I think Ishtar, being like not his type. And I'm yeah. like, okay I get it, he's gay. Um yes. And like I appreciate that the author is trying to lay these hints of like, okay he's gay by having it be like a male nurse, but I'm also yeah. like
0: why couldn't they have been more blatant about it? I guess. It's, no, I mean, no, I'm I guess, just, I just think no. it's
1: kind of like a little, like co- like it's like, it could be not that it could, it could have, he could have just flirted with anyone, and also yeah. like it's very lucky that it was not only a male nur- nurse but also a male nurse who attracted to men. <laughs> Is attracted to men and yeah. also open enough about that that he didn't like
0: have a you know internal yes. freak out or whatever. You know, I was just like, I uh, okay, like, yeah, sure. Which I guess like Dawood would want to keep under wraps his sexuality because he's also like he's in the Muslim community, but like, I don't know. I just, I also like there were times of this book that I was like, you're saying a lot of words. To, like, I don't be just vague enough that someone can be, like, they were just roommates. They were just really good friends. Yeah, to me it
1: wasn't reading so much as, like, Daoud was necessarily concerned about, like, being out. Because I felt like he wasn't really hiding that necessarily. I felt Mm. more it was that he didn't want to acknowledge his relationship with Mo because, like, that guy's dead now and his family is grieving. And he evidently didn't come out to his family so mm. like that's a whole other that's like, a whole
0: thing yeah can
1: of worms you know so i that's kind of how it read more to me that he oh, was okay. like more trying to be respectful of mo and his family's grief mm. rather than like he was afraid of consequences necessarily i could be I wrong gotcha. that, that could be a plot point in a later book but
0: yeah because it really doesn't it doesn't you can infer totally, as an adult reader yeah
1: because he's totally fine <laughs> actively flirting with a man in front of sick right mm, so it's not like true. he's like he's not like and, S- and sick doesn't say anything about like oh no he was flirting with a i guy. can't believe oh, he's gay i don't yeah. like him anymore yeah sick was i just was think
0: chill about it yeah um but they go to the hospital they do their little their little gambit um and sick is able to go in into see his parents um, and while there, he is ambushed by one of Nurgle's demons, who gives him a threatening message. And basically, it's more of the same: "Give us the thing that Mo, Mo stole, or else your parents will die." Which we already knew, but we get another scene about it. <laughs> it and it's
1: just like again, just it works
0: for middle grade novel because you know whatever. But like you gotta remind them of the plot, man.
1: You, he knows how long it's
0: taken him to read these chapters.
1: You keep coming and talking to his boy and being like give us the thing and like never use no the thing's name no one says what the thing is
0: right? Yes, like, give us the it. flower of immortality would have been so much easier than being much, like give us yes. what stole
1: <laughs> much like the Daoud being gay thing it's like Curious. you're just you're just having him not use this word so it's a twist at so the end so it's a surprise later right. Yeah. Right. but like. it's like they, realistically they would say what the thing is yes give us the key to immortality right yeah. at least something aside something from just about that we give need the it. flower give us the <laughs> right. flower yeah uh they yeah. even had like, one of the the demon dudes uh, like only spoken rhymes they could have had him be like something something of the sweet odor something something petals like rhyme some shit you know yeah. like yeah but still yeah. have it be mysterious <laughs> i don't know
0: we still have so much more book to go i on. know recording i recording for an up. hour <laughs> um so sick goes back to bella and ishtar's home and the two of them are arguing because bella does not understand why ishtar is focusing on going out to parties introducing dao to all these famous people and they should be hunting for nurgle and ishtar again is like hush let me do my work um and sick is like hey i'm back i just encountered a demon and Ishtar is like, well, let me question you again about what Mo could have stolen. And Sika's is like, I'm telling you, my brother didn't steal anything. Like, quit asking me about this. He only ever sent us plant cuttings. Um, and Ishtar gets mad and goes a little god mode, and she's like making the dishes rattle in the house and stuff. And then Bellet calms her down, and Ishtar apologizes. But later, Bellet was like, yeah, she was fully ready to annihilate you, but she apologized, so it's okay. <laughs> ishtar get it under control okay These also bella
1: girl maybe keep that under wraps like yeah you don't
0: need to tell him everything
1: <laughs> if you're if you're trying to be like it's okay she didn't maybe just don't bring it
0: up at yeah, all like, yeah. it's okay she apologized like just maybe don't say anything just about to, it yeah just say she was being feeling emotional about it okay it's yeah. fine um and then that night sick can't sleep so he heads downstairs and he runs into ishtar who is also awake because gods don't sleep and ishtar is feeling a little nostalgic so she shows sick this room where she keeps photos and memories of all the orphans she's adopted over the years. So, she seems to the adopt orphans. <laughs> Look at my collection of children. <laughs> um, she she seems to adopt orphans of war as a way to assuage the guilt she feels for causing the wars in the first place or at least like promoting the war efforts, you know. Um So, and then she also drops this line. Um, She tells Sick, immortality is a sickness, a cancer, your cells renewing and renewing endlessly, which is an important detail for later, Um, because this is how they're viewing immortality in this book. So that's why the end of the book makes sense, I guess. Ishtar is like, hey, promise me you'll look after Bella and stick around, be her friend. Like, she needs that companionship. She's an angry little girl. Also... Here's this gold signet ring, and I need you to return it to its rightful owner. You can find him in Central Park. Cool. And and she's like, the timing of this, I was like, what, what is, what is going definitely, on? Definitely, definitely doesn't seem like she's preparing to die at all. Yeah, exactly. Then she goes, I have to tell you what I was doing, going out and doing with Dawood. I was using him as bait, since he's such a hunky young man, so um, healthy. He the is healthiest. <laughs> Before Nurgle became obsessed with plagues, he also used to be a hunky young man. And the fact that I'm running around flaunting Daoud will really make Nurgle mad because Daoud is everything Nurgle wishes he could be. It's why we find out later. This is like one of the reasons he wants the flower of immortality is because he wants to look hot again. Um because
1: yeah, he's been doing so many plagues. It's made him he look looks gross wretched. and plaggy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just a big toxic ooze, just like the guy from Ferngolly.
0: Yes, and just in time as Nurgle finishes explaining her grand plan, it shows up. But Nurgle how is this a,
1: How is this a plan?
0: How so is like, this a plan first of all? This could this what? You just like, wanted to go partying.
1: <laughs> right? Like it's like I get I get the like okay that your plan was to make him jealous of doubt, right? Yes. Or like so like And you're using him as bait. So that, like, implies that he followed Dawood there. But he definitely didn't. No. He just, like, knows where Ishtar lives. Yeah. Uh so there wasn't any effect on that. Yeah. And like it wasn't like during the fight at any point he was like, dang, I'm so sad I'm not as hungry as Man, I wish I
0: looked like Daoud. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm so sad my muscles aren't as
1: good. I guess <laughs> I'll be bad at fighting now. So it had no effect on him whatsoever.
0: Really, it didn't, but hey, it got Daoud's name out there and maybe, you know, <sighs> did some good somehow. I don't know. I don't know. So, really, a middle grade plan. Really, really it was. Um, Sick runs to wake up Bella and tells her, he's like, you need to bring the talking sword to Ishtar because there's a fight bout to go down. They run outside and Ishtar and Nurgle are kind of in a standoff and they're trading godly quips or whatever. Um, all of Ishtar's house cats have turned into these larger cats with wings. So they were house cats and now they're all like large cats of prey, like a tiger, a leopard, a panther, et cetera, et cetera. They're uh, the...
1: Cl- the original clan leaders of the war. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we
0: have, yeah, we have Bagheera Star, and uh, Simba Star. That's that Bella has named all the cats after Disney characters, except for the one, except for which, Sargon.
1: Yeah, which is a unless that's a deep, deep, deep. No, cut it's, that it's I definitely don't not. It's a, a um, Meso- like a Mesopotamian Babylonian one of them, like a king from that. Yeah. Cause he, he must was the- be the favored cat. He was the father of the first named author, oh. and I can't remember her name. But she wrote like poetry and has her name on it. So she mm. was like, she's like the first person that we have record
0: of oh, writing. A she's anon. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but they all, they all, they're big cats, and they all have wings now. And Bella is like, oh yeah, they're Lamasu, which are guardian spirits. Um, which is really good that they have all these cats because Nurgle is there with 14 demons. Um, And Nurgle's like, give me the boy. And Ishtar's like, no. And they do a big fight where they go into God surge mode. And they're like basically being really strong and tearing up the street and destroying buildings and cars. And some New Yorkers come out of the streets to watch and film them and take pictures. Um, Dawood comes running out of the house in a panic uh, and sick, is like, okay, guys, we gotta leave, we gotta leave. And Dawood's like, Oh no, my portfolio's inside. So he runs back inside, gets a portfolio that we all assume is a folder full of Dawood's headshots, but we find out later in kind of this really touching scene that they're actually it's a portfolio of photographs that Daoud has taken of Mo and they're all like really good and beautiful tragic. and stuff. It's very tragic. Um but he runs back in to get them and the keys is to Ishtar's car. And then he just like fucking drives away without well, the children. No, no, no. <laughs> He
1: gets in the car and he says, come on, guys, we got to go. And then he uh, sick looks at Bellet and is like, I know Bellet won't leave without Ishtar, and I won't leave without Bellet. And Daoud's so like, So
0: none of us are leaving. So
1: we're not, and Daoud's like, Well, you told me to go in the, like, I was like, This is because he's like, like, I'm leaving. He's annoyed that Daoud left. I'm like, You told him to go in the first place. Like, how are you mad about this?
0: I don't understand. But also, like, this full-grown person is just like, the 13-year-olds have got it. I'm peacing out.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know what? <laughs> Honestly. I mean,
0: everybody sucks here situation. It's
1: not It's not his fucking brother. It's not his fucking kid.
0: Like, That's true. It's, it's not his fucking deity, I guess.
1: Dawood's got to look out for number one. Dawood's
0: got a beautiful face. I cannot get damaged.
1: Uh <laughs> Um, I just thought there was a lot of Daoud slander in this book and i was <laughs> like I don't think he's really doing anything.
0: Dawood like, really was just being a dude and a 13 year old was like I got an issue with him and there's no reason why. It's just a 13 year old like, being a 13 year old. Like, like Daoud's Daoud living to, his best life.
1: it's like going to parties and auditions and stuff and it's, like, it's just like I can't believe he would do this at a time like this and also like no actively, idea what's going actively on. not
0: telling him what the time like this is. Like, he doesn't know about gods and goddesses. He's just he knows that he has a nice benefactor now who knows really famous people <laughs> the demon comes up and attacks sick and bellet and ishtar is like no my baby and she throws kasusu at bellet so bellet can destroy the demon uh but then while she has no weapon nurgle attacks and kills ishtar sad oh, and then her. sick yeah, you know, <laughs> sick is like bellet run and she does and then as soon as she starts running and she has a head start, Sick is like, oh, I'm too slow. And so he turns around and surrenders himself. <laughs> He's like, I got to let Bellet get away because at least she's good at stuff. I'm good Sick at nothing.
1: <laughs> king king of coming up with an escape plan and then not doing and the And not escaping acting part of it out.
0: Yes, absolutely. Ugh. So... <laughs> sick is taken down into the underground subway tunnels of new york city where nurgle has set up his base of operations um nurgle again is like give me the thing the vague thing that mo stole and sick is like i still have no fucking idea what I you're talking at about least an adjective you have what category of thing is it a vegetable <laughs> is it an animal is it a mineral what is it uh, get out akinator and he can help you play 20 questions with nurgle god so
1: everyone is frustrating everyone's
0: frustrating <laughs> it was a good book though. <laughs> i did enjoy reading this book it's just we're yeah, doing our job it's okay like going back and <laughs> dissecting yes so the demons are talking about torturing sick for the information but then he plays this little mind game where he gets the demons to all turn on each other he's like oh give it up you demon over there i we know you took it just give it up and everyone turns on they all fight interestingly
1: again another queer couple i think in this book that, I, that's the only cause,
0: explanation
1: yeah because like he the the two rat and frog demon who are like the mm. main name demons in this book yeah it's one of them and there's like first off earlier in the book they'd called each other like my love so i'm like okay i feel like
0: this was oh i on. missed that i didn't yeah, know yeah,
1: didn't yeah it that. was in the one of the rhymes so it's uh, like eh, maybe it was a rhyme thing but also yeah. like still
0: um <laughs> he needed the syllables. Yeah,
1: and then, like, uh, during all this, it's, like, I can't believe you've betrayed me because you took the thing and didn't tell me. And, like, it's very, like, scorned Couple's lover. Fight. And I yeah. think at some point one of them mentions, like, one of the one that's the betrayer, like, running off with somebody during a different thing, which mm. definitely reads, like, they cheated. So I'm, like, this is an interesting There's dynamic. There's some I'm, drama going on. I'm, I kind of want a book about these want, two demons. I want the
0: story of the toad and the rat falling Please. in love. Um. So sick escapes into the subways subway system and the demons eventually give chase but it all proves for naught, because sick is hit it's by hit a by subway a train. train head on and dies amazing fully dies we the get end. Some, okay yeah so next that's the week. End of the book
1: yeah
0: <laughs> in the meantime um, <laughs> we get some like flashes of Bellot coming to identify his body and then nothing uh, darkness and the next thing sick knows he is waking up in a body bag in a morgue at the hospital because he was pronounced DOA three days ago. <laughs> He gives the scare of his life to the coroner who's on duty, uh, puts on some scrubs, calls Bellet because he somehow has her number memorized in 2023. No, he doesn't. No way. No, (laughs)
1: not even in 2018 when this is.
0: Don't lie to me. Don't lie. She's like, okay, I'll meet up with you. I just can't believe you're alive because we all saw you dead and you were mushed up by a train. But sure, let's meet up um also like don't go to little egypt because everyone at at everyone there is praying for you because you're dead um <laughs> so yeah don't talk to anybody that you know she takes him to the penthouse of a hotel where like ishtar was really good friends with the owner so they get a free room i guess and daoud is there hanging out i <laughs> guess he didn't have anywhere else to go
1: again the daoud the unreasonable daoud hate <laughs> when <laughs> sick is like oh, Bellet, like, Dowd's like, oh, Bellet identified your body because they called me and I just, like, couldn't do it. And Sick is like, oh, this no-good rat man piece of (laughs) trash couldn't even identify my body. And I'm like, okay, just, I know we know stuff that Sick doesn't at this point, but, like, your lover who keeps going on trips to Iraq and, which, you know, you're maybe worried about his safety there, you know, he's Right. Going overseas without you a lot. Like, you know, doesn't have to be Iraq. Going on long trips anywhere without your significant other is going to be like, they're going to worry about you. Right. Right. Um, and then he dies in a motorcycle accident. And then his kid brother, who you're supposed to take care of, dies in another vehicle accident. <laughs> and presumably that kid looks a lot like your boyfriend, you know, because yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. And it would be a little traumatizing. It would be a little much. but sick is just like fuck this dude i hate daoud he didn't want to look at my squished up face
0: (laughs) he didn't want to look at my nasty twisted up run over train body (laughs) like come on now
1: he gave it to bellet the girl who craves blood the girl who loves dead
0: bodies. she creates them all the time because she loves them (laughs) so (laughs) bellet for daoud (laughs) Bellet tells sick about how Nurgle is turning the people of New York into his minions. The plague is spreading. It's real bad right now. Um, At one point, she says, like, the plague, you go into
1: a coma for weeks and then you die. And I'm like, sometimes. How do you know this. It's been like four days. It's been. <laughs> it hasn't been any time. It's to been know three this. days since. Maybe that's died. after the other
0: time skip.
1: No, it's definitely after this is one. Is this this one? I was doing the math. I was like, Three days for that. And then there was like a day between that and that. And maybe like a day between that and that. <laughs> your so parents have like,
0: only been sick for five days. Right. Right. Yeah. So I'm
1: like, okay, but weeks. Sure. Sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, but basically, Nurgle's plan here is to destroy civilization. It, so a new, better one can take its place, I guess. That's that's part of it. After he gets hot, that's what he's going to do.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I don't so, know.
0: They don't have any leads. So sick is like, your mom gave me this ring. Let's go do the thing with the ring. They head to Central Park. Of course, they're spotted by the two demons, Frog and Toad, um, and they're shocked to see that Sick is alive. And they chase the two of them through Central Park, but then suddenly there's this big glass ziggurat in the middle of the park that was definitely never there before. And when when uh, Sick and Bella enter it, they seem to disappear from the side of the demons. Um, and inside the ziggurat is Gilgamesh, the OG. What? Yeah, oh he's God. here. And he's like, hey, that's my ring. Cool. Glad you brought it back to me. Come have a meal with me. Um, and over this meal, he tells him a story about the flower of immortality. So I'm, I'm not familiar with m- much about Gilgamesh, but I guess there is a story concerning Gilgamesh where he finds this flower of immortality. Um, and in the stories that, you know, the real version of the story, Gilgamesh loses the flower to a giant snake before he can partake in it. But in this story, in actuality, Gilgamesh has been able to eat part of the flower, therefore making himself immortal. Uh, And then the snake did eat the rest of the flower, but then it pooped out the seeds as nature does. Now, like a diluted version of the flower of immortality was just growing in a rock and Mo found one of them and mailed it back to his family. Um, And uh, Sick is like, oh my gosh, I remember getting a package at like a week after Mo died and it had some flower in it that I planted. Um, But I like did not keep up with the garden like mo made me promise to do because i was really sad about his death so i really don't know the whole status of what is going on with the flower um we also learned that um obviously gilgamesh has like faked his death after some years which is the part that like nurgle's mad he lied about i guess i think he's mad he lied about the flower the flower yeah because that's mm. what
1: he wants so like that's
0: yeah i don't yeah the I flower don't... the immortality The yeah, yeah. I
1: think he's I don't even necessarily think it's like he's mad I think he's like obsessed with the idea that he lied and that the flower is still out there Mm
0: -hmm. um but uh Gilgamesh is now a pacifist he will not fight he refuses after they ask him like come on we just need your help to kill Nurgle and Gilgamesh is like I don't do that anymore sorry guys I'm just a cute little gardener (sighs) baker now that's all I do is I garden and I bake and,
1: like, he does have some interesting points, reef pacifism, which I think work in the abstract of, like, in general, like, dealing with war and stuff like that. But in the actual situation of there is a literal plague god that's going to destroy humanity, I don't know. I don't know that i, f- I You gotta, totally yeah. Buy yeah. his pacifism as being the correct moral choice. <laughs> I don't even know what the book does, honestly.
0: Yeah, they're just, they, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It did seem a little bit, um, it did seem a little bit selfish. Yeah. (laughs) But so somehow through the process of transplanting the flower of immortality, sick gained some of the flowers powers. Um, cool. He can't die. But Gilgamesh is like, you need to watch out because you might be feeling some weird urges, which I thought was a bizarre way to phrase this because I was like, (laughs) we don't need to talk about the weird urges that young men may feel. But um, six may start to feel some weird urges to just go to the afterlife because being immortal is unnatural. So, you know, watch out for that. But the two of them, Bellet and Sick need to go get the flower of immortality, bring it back to Gilgamesh, who will then distill the flower into New York's water supply and thereby counteract Nurgle's plague. Cool, problem solved, very easy task. We'll go to the garden, clip the flower, bring it back. But when they get to the garden, <laughs> it has been paved over paved in paradise. order to build an apartment complex parking lot. Sad. <laughs> Bellet feels defeated and she and Sick have a little argument uh, because she's like, I just need to go get my mom back. And Sick is like, no, you should focus on what's happening now and not on dead people. Also, Also I I know how you feel because my brother died and she's like, no, you don't like, your brother does
1: not count. My yeah. mom god was way cooler.
0: My mom um, god was very cool.
1: Also, she, like, at some point brings up the fact that you can get someone out of the netherworld by, like, yeah. trading, basically. So it does mm-hmm. seem like she's, like,
0: She's fully commit, ready to die. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but she leaves and sick. She, she leaves in a cab and sick does not have money to take a cab. But he notices a man enter the subway station. So Nurgle had set up his base of operations in the subways. And so the subway system was just like shutting down way more than it would normally. And to the point where it's just like no longer working. Mm -hmm. But Six sees a man go down into the subway and he's like, oh, well, I guess they're running. So I'm going to go down there, too. And I guess go home. I don't know. But he goes down the subway and he quickly realizes that, oops, this isn't a normal subway. I'm on a train to the afterlife. Damn it. Just like Gilgamesh said like 30 minutes ago. Dude. (laughs) How convenient. How
1: convenient.
0: Uh, um, The train spits him out in this desert landscape and he walks around a while and he sees a familiar face. It's his older brother, Mo. (gasps)
1: Yay, Mo. So sweet.
0: I really liked Mo. Um, The two spend some time catching up. Sick fills him in on everything that is happening topside vis-a-vis gods and shit. And then speaking of gods, who shows up? But Urshkagal and Ishtar. Cool. Two sisters palling around in the netherworld. It's awesome. The two of them tell Sick that the original flower of immortality is still kicking around and that he and Mo can go to a cave in the Sea of Tiamat to find it. They are specially equipped to go do this because Sick is immortal and Mo's already dead. So... That's Great. that's how they're gonna do it. So, um, in order to get to this cave in the sea, they need to go get a boat, the same boat um that Gilgamesh used when he originally went to go get the flower. But the boat is hidden in a forest that is protected by an entity called Humbaba, who is a giant creature that is vulnerable to pretty much all attacks. Um, his only weak spot is that he is a very dumb thing. So <laughs> they go to do that. They also, the two goddesses tell Sik, like, be careful handling the flower because the properties of one could cancel out the properties of the other. So you don't want to mess with your immortality, you know, like right before you're, when it's going to be really important that you're immortal, right? Mm. Um, and again, this is kind of like referring or back to what Ishtar said about immortality is a cancer. So, you know, which which flower will be, will be dominant i guess but cool they get to the forest um they defeat the giant <laughs> i'm just like zipping through this now they defeat the giant they give him some <laughs> spicy sauce whatever they get they, and then they get the boat and the boat transports them to the sea and a lot of stuff happens here but what it boils down to is that sick and mo are successful they get the flower of immortality cool then mo is like well i guess it's time for you to go back to the surface and time for me to go back to being dead And Sick is like, I can't lose you again. Let's trade places. And Moe's like, don't be dumb. And Sick goes back home to New York City. He pops out in Central Park where Bella is conveniently waiting for him because she received an omen that he'd be there. There's a whole thing with a raven, whatever. We find out two weeks have passed in the real world. Uh, New York City is just dead. It's gone. There's nothing here. There's no civilization at all. It's just a bunch of either... uh, plague dogs or people hiding from the plague dogs is what New York City is now. The two of them head back to Gilgamesh's ziggurat with the flower where Gilgamesh wants to set about putting the flower in the water supply but before they can do that the ziggurat is attacked. Um, Essentially the Nurgle's plague has become so powerful that it has begun to kill like the plants in Gilgamesh's ziggurat as well as destroy the defenses he has set up so like everyone can see the ziggurat now um, it's starting to become destroyed. There is a fight. Gilgamesh is like, I'm, I'm a pacifist, but then he unleashes this massive storm to beat back the demons, um, and presumably killing some of them. But it only works temporarily because they're kind of overcome. Bellet gets slashed up pretty good, and Six sees her injuries and he's like, Oh shit, she's gonna die unless I give her a piece of this flower to make her immortal like me. Um, But before he can, Idiptu, which I think is the rat one, sees the rat demon, sees the flower and grabs it and takes it back to Nurgle so Nurgle can get hot again. So good job, Sick. You really did well there.
1: Yay. You made him hot again. You made Nurgle hot again.
0: Now his voice matches his body. Yes, finally. (laughs) And then Sick puts Bella in a shopping cart and starts pushing her around New York City. He's gonna like try and get her to a hospital, um, but on the way he goes directly past his family's deli, and he sees a cat go inside. He's like, "That's kind of a good omen." And also, like, there's a first first aid kit in there, so I might as well just stop by and see what's up. Um, And when he enters, he's surprised to find who else but our best friend Dawood hiding out in the deli. Um, Except justice for justice, well, kind of. It's kind of he just looks all sad and decrepit now like he's lost well, all oh of his yeah, beauty real gross but. missing his teeth his hair his skin is all saggy and bruised and stuff like he's just this is not the hot dude we all know and love uh, but he tells sick he's like well you can't go to the hospital it's it's surrounded by demons so you may as well stay here and recuperate and they try to patch Bella up as best they can. And then the two the two boys have a little heart to heart. We learn that he, Mo and Daoud may have been in a romantic relationship. Also, he's looking through this portfolio, Daoud's portfolio, um, and there is a pressing of a very familiar flower in it. Oh my goodness! It's the flower oh of immortality. It wasn't Daoud paved saves over. saves the day. Daud is the real hero of the story. Yes. So Finally. he's. He's like, yeah, I heard the garden was going to get paved over because I'm not a shitbag, bag and I was actually doing most no, like paying attention. Yeah, I, I was fulfilling Mo's last request. Um, I heard the garden was going to get paved over. I went and saved this flower and, you know, I tried to make it into a fragrance like Mo, Mo and I were trying to, you know, make perfumes and stuff. Um, but there would just wasn't enough of the flower to make it very scented. But I have like a little bottle of the oils from the Flower of Immortality Wow, awesome. They give a few drops Yay. to Bellet and she starts to heal up. Very cool. Our girl is looking good again. Uh, but like this is not enough to heal all of New York City. So Dawood's like, I guess I could distill it some more to make it like, you know, and water it down a little bit, but and it's a little bit risky, but we need to try and save the city. So, he goes to do this. We're almost done with the book. He goes to do this. <laughs> Bella and yeah, Sick.
1: I've, I've stopped interjecting as much because you <laughs> just we really have to get to through to
0: the end. <laughs> <laughs> so much happened in this book. Um, Bella and Sick head outside where dude has parked Ishtar's car. The car can transform into this cool flying chariot pulled by the giant winged cats, which is very cool. Um, but they only get to do that for about 20 seconds before demons come and beat the shit out of the chariot. <laughs> so that's fine. would um, gets the perfume distilled. They have a little fight with the demons in the chariot and they win. The chariot is so damaged it can only carry one person now. So they're like, sick, you need to go and take the perfume to question marks. Because I'm not really sure what the plan here was supposed to be. Like, I think they were just going to spray people in the face. uh, Yeah, but he was like, you need to go (laughs) to the hospital now. And I'm like, are we just going to people in the face? (laughs) Just just his parents, though, I guess. And then, like, they'll figure out who else gets to get sprayed uh, at the end i don't know but <laughs> he gets up in his little chariot and he flies to the hospital where there's like this huge storm cloud is surrounding the hospital because it's all demony and stuff um Anyway, he comes face to face with Nurgle, who stabs Sick a bunch. Um, and then Sick literally jumps out of the chariot into the storm cloud and opens this canister of perfume. And the perfume turns into rain. And and, and the storm cloud rains and heals everyone, except Sick falls 6,000 feet to his death. But because he's immortal, it didn't do any it's damage. Fine. It's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, uh, the end of the book. But we get a little epilogue kind of like one month later. People are rebuilding things mostly return to normal, but sick now has like super immortality because of how many times he was exposed to, f- exposed to flower shit. So he touched one and then he touched another and, and then that canceled out, but then he touched it again. So like now he's just like super immortal. Dawood is hot again. He starts getting leading roles and stuff because now he has a super sexy scar on his face, I guess. And Bellet shows up and she's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm going to a Kanugi to get Ishtar back uh you don't need to come with me you need to be here with your family and heal from all of this event blah 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 end of the book and that's it i mean it was, it was good a lot happened so much happened uh but it was a fun fun little time i enjoyed it
1: it was a cute middle grade novel. yeah
0: i don't know if i will continue on with the series at this point just because i feel mm-hmm. like i have a lot of other things to read but someday maybe
1: I feel like over the summer I might get into a, be a good middle one. grade, all of the Rick Riordan.
0: Our uh, summer reading project we should bring yeah. back. <laughs> all yeah, the Rick Riordan presents. Uh. <laughs> anyway. Well, what do we want in our last one? Any thoughts? We need to have a guy looking for a thing. We do, for sure. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um i don't know i i think definitely maybe if we could try to explore another uh pantheon that would Mm -hmm. be fine because we you know we did greek and then this is mesopotamian and then i don't
1: know if we can
0: find one i would like to
1: do adult since we've done ya oh yeah ya middle
0: grade and then now yeah adult
1: be cool yeah but i'm kind of down for whatever honestly honestly yeah
0: Yeah, it's been nice not having to feel dread picking up a book for the podcast. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) But that segues
1: into what are we reading next? Oh, Uh, no. Next week, we will be uh, back with a Meow Meow Monday with Warriors, Omen of the Stars, book number four, Sign of the Moon. Um, The week after that, we will be starting a new unit, which uh, it's sort of a, a genre we've already covered a little bit as one that I don't really like, which is mystery. Yay. Um, But we're and it's also a subgenre that we have covered way in the past um, when we read a certain ghost cat (gasps) because we'll be doing animal (gasps) history or
0: (laughs) absolutely cursed (laughs) subgenre
1: furry sleuth as it is sometimes called Um, (laughs) and we will be starting with dog
0: on it. A Chet and Bernie mystery. That is so funny because Kate and I almost read that for her podcast. Ah, there you go. Um, this is a like throwback to third episode of Hate Read, the uh-huh. OG podcast. Deep cut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so very fun. Sounds good. I can't wait to do that thing in two weeks. I hear you. In the meantime, if you have any books or units you'd like for us to cover on the podcast, either because you think we would love them or hate them, you can tweet at us at ShufflewareCast or email us ShufflewareCast at gmail.com. As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can check out his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are also on all of your favorite podcast aggregating platforms. So if you haven't followed or subscribed to us on one of those, you definitely should. Otherwise, um, otherwise... I'm going to name you Nurgle. We'll plague you. We'll plague you and name you Nurgle. Your voice won't even be hot.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it might be. I'm sure some of our listeners have hot
0: voices. It Could be. Send Uh, us your voices. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. (laughs) Um, If you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you know, feel free to give us a five-star review. But if you don't want to, that's all right. You're also allowed to talk about us anywhere on the internet you like.
1: In the words of Sarwat Chata, that's how you deal with a problem, girl. You hit it very hard,
0: repeatedly. I'm just going to do that to my brain then, I guess. <laughs> Solve everything.
1: I'm Anna. And I'm M. This. <laughs> I just needed.
0: Existence is exhausting. <laughs> I just needed to take a breath. I'm M. <sighs> <sighs> Unfortunately, I'm Em.
1: Uh. <laughs> this, w- <laughs> this week. Um. Hi, ma'am. <laughs> <On> shelf- <clears throat> this week on shelf. This week on shelf. Shut up. Sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs>